dig this. First 125, Moro here from Grundahl. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Justified Cultures, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fly racing, Bill's Pipes, W Wheels, Maxima USA, Moto Ice Wrap, 100% Goggles, and Moto Stuff make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Justified Cultures. You can go to justifiedcultures.com right now and enter discount code BIGMX17 to receive 30% off your bill. I am your host, Brad Yebhart. With us on the line, we've got a uh, special guest by the name of Sean Lipanovich. Sean, how's it going? I'm doing great. How about you? Hey, I'm not doing too bad whatsoever. If I can be talking more across on a Monday uh, just afternoon here, uh, Central Time, it's always a good time. And I've got uh, a pretty skilled individual on the other side of the phone call. So uh, it's all systems go over here in Winnipeg. How are things down in California? Good. Um, sunny out here in California. Um, not much rain, but uh, it's California. Absolutely. Uh, I was lucky enough to come down just to, uh, just about two weeks ago to uh, take in the uh, the World Vet Championships, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, later on. But uh, let's get some details um, uh, quickly before we dive straight into uh, interview-style questions. How about we throw down some, uh, some rapid-fire questions? Sound good? Sounds good. All right. What was your favorite bike, or what was your first bike? Uh, my first bike starting out? Yeah. I had a uh, KX65. Nice. Those things were sweet. Uh, first, first what, what was your first race like? First race like was on a little island called Guam, and uh, there was no starting gates. It was with the flag, and yeah, that's where I got started from. Who is your racing hero growing up? Who did you look up to? Stewart. James Stewart. Uh, how old are you? 26. 26 years young. Uh, when, when it comes to uh, a specific skill that you you do great on a motorcycle, what is something that you do well that, that other people, uh, like either they, they, you're, it's a special skill that you have or something that other people don't do as well? Starts. Starts. And why and why are you so good at starts? Um, I mean, I get a lot of hole shots. It uh, doesn't really matter which race we're at, but um, I'm usually a good starter and start up front. Is starting uh, 100% mental and uh, maybe 1% technique? I mean, you have to expect yourself to be up front to, to get a good start. So it is mental and it is technique. So I would say both. Favorite racetrack in California? Probably Cahila Creek. And why? Um, it has a lot of like floating jumps. It's more uh, natural terrain, uphills and downhills. And all the jumps are, you know, they're natural. So. That makes it fun. Fair enough. Two-stroke or four-stroke? And I like both. Um, 
I, I, uh, I still uh, ride my 252-stroke, my Honda, and um, I've had that ever since Loretta's. But, I mean, I ride four-strokes all the time here. Easier bike to ride, but two-strokes are definitely fun. Fair enough. Now, uh, so then it's 252-stroke as far as uh, a biker choice that you currently own? Yeah, I have a Honda CR252-stroke. If you were to uh, build up a uh, kind of like a dream factory bike of uh, kind of like make it, uh, it's like a dream build of a specific pro, a specific year, whose bike would that be? For two strokes? Yeah. I think Yamaha has a really good two stroke. I know the KTM just came out with the 2017 two stroke. That's supposed to be pretty amazing. Um, so I know that, I don't know. The last one I rode that was really good was the, the Yamaha 252 stroke, the 2016. So a factory, one of those would be pretty sick. Fair enough. Now let, let's uh, let's dive uh, into into some inter- interview stock questions. Now, Sean, where did this all uh, start for you? Like before before the uh, the 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 trips to Loretta's, before the race wins, before the hole shots. Uh, how did you get introduced to the sport of motocross? So I used to play soccer. I was really big into that. Me and my cousin, we were good. We went to Japan and China to play soccer. And uh, his dad was always into dirt bikes. And he asked me to go one day. And I was hooked from there. I rode a TTR 90. Um, nice. And then he started taking me to the tracks. And then I ended up getting a KX65 for my 12th birthday. And went from there. You went from there. You, you mentioned that your first race was uh, in a, an island called Guam. Yeah. Uh, what's the story there? That's that's a long way from California. Yeah, I was born and raised on Guam. It's a little island. Um, it's a U.S. territory. It's only like 30 miles long. And I started there. We ended up moving to Hawaii for just over a year. And then my parents saw Millsap's train facility in a magazine. And they asked me if I wanted to go for a Christmas gift for a two-week camp. And I was hooked from there. No doubt. What was it like the first time you, you go from being uh, in a little island to to Hawaii straight to, to riding at uh, in Georgia for the, the Millsaps training facility, which I imagine at the time, uh, and it still is the place to be but in a lot of ways, but at that time, that would be by far the place to be. I know locally there's kids uh, from Manitoba going down there. It, all stretches of the globe are trying to ride at that area. Yeah, I mean, when I first went there, I was just straight beginner, and I walked to the arena cross and supercross track, and I saw the jumps, and I just couldn't believe how big they were. And I was only, I think, 14, 14 years old, 15 years old. I called my dad and I said, I don't think this is for me, you know? Like, this is this is huge, all these jumps. I don't think I could ever jump this. And one year later, uh, I was riding the track. So pretty crazy how things things came that far. No doubt. Obviously, uh, uh, taking to things quite quickly. Uh, what, what is it about the sport of motocross that that pulls you in and keeps you around? Because uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of pros that uh, that get into it. They they spend some time as a pro, and then uh, it one after after quite some time, they uh, ended up walking away from it because of either lack of money and injuries. What keeps you coming back? I mean, I enjoy it. I mean, you can always get better. Um, I mean, it's the adrenaline, everything about the sport. I, I love. So, I mean, I see myself still riding for years to come. Absolutely. At 26, I'd, ex- I'd expect you to w- one day be uh, vying for a, uh, a plus 50 championship pro. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that time comes. You know, if I could still ride, I'll still be out there. That's another, uh, that's, that's, that's twice a lifetime from, uh, from now. You think you, you, you'll still be uh, twisting the throttle? 
I don't know. That's, that's a long ways. That's, uh, I'm only 26. That's another, you know, 24 more years. So we'll, we'll no see. Doubt. Well, safe to say we'll probably all be on electric by then though. I think so. I think electric so is going to be the way to go in the future. That's ah, nice and quiet. You can have uh, you can have a dirt bike track in your backyard, and uh, and your no one's your gonna complain. Gonna, yep. No one's gonna know. Yep. You just busting laps. <laughs> but uh, you mentioned that you went to Loretta's on a kit on a, a CR two fifty of all things. Uh, what, what were your trips to Loretta's like? What, what was the the amateur landscape for you? Obviously, you had a, a set of parents that were very supportive in, in uh, either like t- sending you to a place like uh, Millsaps and going to Loretta's. That's a big commitment. Yeah, so um, when I rode that the CR two fifty two stroke, I was racing the B class against like Barsha, Dean Wilson, Baggett, and them all in the same year stock and mod classes. I ended up getting third on the mod that year and fifth in the stock on the two fifty two strokes. That's when they allowed it to race against the two fifty Fs. Yeah, that was. I was uh, one of one of the few kids that was on. Yeah, I was one of the few kids that was on a two fifty two stroke, and I mean, I loved it. Like had some power, for sure. Now they they let uh, uh, two fifty two strokes ride with the two fifty Fs up here in Canada, at, uh, especially at uh, amateur races uh, here in Manitoba. And I find in the right hands, a two fifty two stroke is a, an advantage. In the wrong hands, it's a disadvantage. Do you agree? Agreed. Um, the two stroke doesn't have nor near as much traction as the four stroke. It does have more power but less traction. So. Um, it's a give and take. You have to be able to ride it to its full potential. You know, you have to ride it smooth and fast, uh, to be, to compete with those guys. So yes, it is. It's good and bad. Just it depends all on the track too. Totally. It's, it's track, it's rider. And, uh, I find for myself, like if, uh, if, if it's really hard pack, if, if, if it's, if it's blue grooves and stuff like that, I, I don't quite have the, the, um, the, the traction, the, yep, like, especially control. if the track gets rough. And on a four-stroke, you're never in the wrong gear. Where if I come out of a corner, I'm in the wrong gear. Four strokes should walk away from me, regardless of, of how hard I twist the throttle. Uh, but um, on if you if you can be smooth, if you have a, a track that's a little bit deeper, uh, the, the the starts are ridiculous, and you just walk away from guys. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. I agree with with everything you're saying. <laughs> so, uh, on top of uh, your your current position at uh, at Dirt Bike Magazine, what does uh, what does Sean Lepanovich do for like on a, on a day to day basis? What's uh, why is it, there's not quite a nine to five, I imagine. So I opened my business called SLMXSchool.com, and I started that about two years ago, where I train riders from all over the world, especially here in California. I rent out bikes. I have every bike from a KTM fifty Honda fifty to a 450 cc so i have a lot of inventory on bikes and i go to the tracks five six days a week training riders and running out bikes right on i'm gonna have to uh slide your uh, contact information over to my dad because the reason we were down there in california two weeks ago was to uh to not only watch uh the uh the, the World Vet Championships by W Wheels, but uh, my dad wants to race it next year, and uh, he's trying to, to figure out a way how he can uh, rent a bike or, or have a bike ready for him because he, he just wants to fly down there and, and, and race the thing next year. So uh, maybe uh, uh, LP or SLMX is, uh, is the place to go. Yeah, so I had riders from Argentina fly down, give them a place to stay, rent it out bikes they wanted to race, and then I had a few guys from Texas 
uh, fly in Thursday night, took them to practice Friday and race Saturday, Sunday. So, I mean, I can definitely provide a full package for your dad where he just flies in and races. That's pretty cool, man. So, uh, you yourself had, uh, some, some pretty, uh, pretty decent success as, as a professional, a, a lot of starts in both, uh, in both supercross and, and outdoors, plenty of, uh, lights, main events yep. and, uh, and some decent showings in, and, and scoring points in, uh, in outdoor nationals. Um, what, what were those days like for you starting, uh, obviously, uh, your first, uh, your first, na- the first supercross you made was Jacksonville. I imagine you, uh, you, uh, you, you had a few kicks at the can before that. Yeah, so I started my first pro race in 2010, and it's pretty crazy Supercross thing in the stadiums, you know, all the people watching. So that's that was a cool experience. I did that for three years. I did 2010, 2011, and 2012. After that, I went to Brazil for two years, raced in Brazil, living out there. Uh, won a couple races, got second in the championship, lost by one or two points. Uh, so that was a little heartbreaking. Um, then after that is when I opened up the motocross school and just took off from there. So I still want to be in the sport, still want to ride. So I opened this business that keeps me at it every day. What is it about, uh, uh, teaching that, uh, that keeps you connected to the sport? Because I, I myself, as I, I, I did a lot of, uh, freestyle skiing coaching, watching these kids, I was usually working with, 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 uh, like teenagers and whatnot that you see that aha moment where they, they figure it out. They, they, they understand what they need to do. Um, what is like, where does that feeling come, uh, register with you? And, uh, like how, how often are you able to, uh, um, bring, bring that out of a, uh, a, a young athlete or even uh, an older athlete i'm sure you work with some older people as well yeah i train all ages all skill levels um yeah when the rider gets it and everything clicks for him it's pretty it's a pretty cool feeling that they're happy i'm happy you know everything goes pretty smooth so some days like days like that are you know are great when uh when everyone's happy so i mean i enjoy enjoy it helping out the other riders and um, I also too can ride with them. Uh, most of them want me to bring the bike and you know demonstrate a few things. So that's always cool too. For sure. So uh, if uh, if I were a total greenhorn, I, I know how to ride a bike, but I want the full California uh, experience. And I can only come down for one week. We're going to go for four riding days, uh, different track each day. Where are we going? So Monday would be Lake Elsinore. Tuesday would be Paris, Wednesday would be Milestone, and Thursday would be Glen Helen. Glen Helen, that the daunting hills of Glen Helen, where that's where I saw you uh, absolutely tearing that track. A new one, uh, not two Saturdays ago. Incredible to see. Um, there was a set of uh, uh, there's. A, Basically, a three packet tabletops, and uh, most people were, uh, were 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 jumping each tabletop. You yourself and uh, a very select few others uh, turning uh, two tabletops into a double. What was that commitment level to like to uh, to span that gap? Uh, it's, third it gear, wasn't super far, it's about <laughs> just everything she's got in third gear. Yeah, third gear. You launch the single into the face and just hold it wide. Fair enough. There's a there's a couple of guys that came up uh, rather short, but I th- I think you you uh, you escaped pretty much unscathed from that one. Yeah, there was a few guys that probably shouldn't have went for it that got hurt, but um, yeah, <laughs> I mean it was a the gap wasn't too far. You just had to go really fast and pick pick the bike up with your legs a little bit. So some riders weren't weren't ready for that yet. So you you raced on uh, on Sunday as well, correct? 
Yeah, I raced Saturday and Sunday, both days. Which uh, which day did it get rougher? Because I was Saturday. only there on, on Saturday. Saturday was, Saturday was a lot rougher to me, I thought. The downhill. Oh. Downhills are pretty brutal. I, honestly, I couldn't believe the way that, like, literally in the second motos, late in the second motos, there's guys just dragging the back brake down that one hill, basically creating a mogul field. It looked like uh, it looked like you'd be you'd probably ski it better than you could uh, <laughs> could ride down it. Yeah, I mean, I raced the AMA National this year in the 450 class, and I raced uh, the MXGP at Glen Helen too. And Saturday, the downhill was rougher than both those days because everyone dragged the back brake from the very top of the hill. And I was the last moto of the day, too, on Saturday. So um, yeah. it was by far the roughest time. And, yeah, the bumps were huge. I was surprised they didn't fix it. No doubt. Well, uh, you, you're able to uh, uh, solve the washboard and come away with the victory. Uh, who was who, who chasing you down? Because it seemed like the top three guys were uh, were, were kind of neck and neck there. Um, so Blaine Thompson was pretty fast out there. Um, there was a couple other guys, too. But I think Blaine Thompson was one of the biggest rivals um, out there the weekend. But um, I pulled four, four hole shots and the remote win. So I was pumped on that. No doubt, After making it look way too easy and and repping it for a, a local brand that uh, I have a pretty solid connection to, the guys over at FXR, uh, a brand that was literally started about an hour west of Winnipeg, and, uh, and that's a, or east of Winnipeg, sorry, and um, that that's a brand that uh, they've, they've uh, laid their shirts on your back and uh, making it look way too easy. Uh, tell me a little bit about your relationship with FXR, because that's a really cool brand. Yeah, um, I started my relationship uh, last year with them uh, around November, and I mean, I'm pumped on the gear. This new style that I just got last week was even was that stretchy material that a lot of the other yeah. gear companies um, started using, and I was really, really pumped on that stuff, stretchy material in the pants and the jersey. Um, I think it's a cool gear. It's definitely flashy, has some color in it, and they also have some plain, plain stuff too, but... Um, I like that flashy stuff. <laughs> no doubt. What have they shipped you anything with camo in it yet? No, I haven't had no camo gear. <laughs> Fair enough. I know they have the like the straight up uh, uh, real tree camo stuff. So uh, uh, as we get closer to hunting season, uh, I'm not sure if that'd be a good idea or not to run it. But uh, you might have to ask Carson <laughs> about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see if they want to send that stuff out. So what's with, what's in a number? I know uh, some people have a great uh, great story about what number they run. Some people do not. Uh, what, what's uh, what's the five hundred five all about? Uh, so when I first started, I was number twelve, and then that number was really popular in the yeah, United States. Really so I had to change that quick. And uh, when I came to MTF, everyone I was from Hawaii. I lived there last, and everyone kept calling me Hawaii. So Hawaii five zero came up, and I was number fifty. My whole amateur career, and then I just added a five to it, five oh five. There you go. I was I was going to say maybe it was an area code of some sort, but yeah, Hawaii five oh certainly makes sense. Um, how often do you get to work on your own craft? I know uh, if you're you're constantly teaching and you're constantly working on things, you're probably a little bit more mindful of your own personal technique. But how often do you get to just bust motos and work on uh, on Sean's skills and uh, and and going fast in your own right? I would say one to two days a week for me, personally. Really? Yeah, that's pretty solid. 
So yeah. you, you put a, a whole lot more time on a motorcycle than I uh, certainly do. We get six months of, of straight winter. So uh, uh, my KX252 stroke, unfortunately 2016 edition, not 2017 edition, uh, is, is put away for now. And I uh, pro probably won't see it until uh, I come down in uh, in January to come ride. But uh, um, how, how how many hours do you spend? Do you figure you spend on two wheels uh, in a in a calendar year, or maybe say one month? Oh, it all depends. Like I, I can't give you an exact number. I mean, the hour meters <laughs> are definitely the hour meters are definitely up there. Um, I would say I go through two bikes a year. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So uh, who's doing who's doing all the the mechanic work on the on the bikes over at uh, SLMX? Are are you pretty good with a, a set of wrenches or what? I mean, I can do the basic stuff. I can wash it, change the filter, do the oil. But um, I have a couple mechanics, one that works at Factory Connection that comes over and helps me out when he's done. And then a, another um, another mechanic, my buddy Ray, comes over, helps me work on bikes and trains riders for me too when I'm too busy. Fair enough. Now, I, I noticed that uh, the, the professional races uh, stopped 2015 at Hangtown. Uh, any reason not to, uh, to, to to line up in 2016, man? It looks like you, uh, from what I saw two weeks ago, you still got some serious skills. Yeah, I raced the AMA National this year, the 2016 Outdoor National at Glen Helen. Oh, I did that one in the 450 class, and then I also did the AMA, or not the AMA, the MXGP FIM one at Glen Helen. So I only did two two races. Oh, okay, sorry about that. The the, the racer X vault is not updated to uh, to show me that. But uh, how yeah. how did those two races go for you? So the MXGP I thought went pretty well. I was the top scoring privateer, um, both in qualifying and the race day. So that was pretty cool. The MX or the AMA national didn't go too high. I was uh, just switched to the KTM one or two weeks before, and they didn't have everything all dialed in yet with the suspension. But I mean, I had a blast out there. Fair enough. Cool. Well, uh, we're going to throw it to commercial quickly here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Justified Cultures. We'll be right back with Sean Lip Lipanovich. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Button, former factory supercross rider. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to take it to the commercial. We'll be right back. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffe, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. This is a test of your racersindex.com awareness. 
This was a test to see if you're ready to be found at racersindex.com. Supercross at Arena Cross are coming up. Now is the time to secure your position on a team. Mechanics, models, riders, flaggers, team owners, production specialists, anything related to racing. Be found at racersindex.com. Click it for your ticket to be found and become part of the racing industry. Racersindex.com, your ultimate race production resource. Visit racersindex.com now. When it's time to turn heads, Spokeskins has you covered. Whether it's dirt bikes, street bikes, or bicycles, nobody does it better than Spokeskins. Mix and match your spokes, or go with the same color all the way around. Either way, Spokeskins is the way to go to customize the look of your bike. Uniting off-road riders on every end of the budget spectrum, Spokeskins is aimed at giving you the custom look without the custom price tag. If you're looking to set your bike apart from the rest of the herd, Turn some heads and be able to change your bike's look on the fly? Head to spokeskins.net. They don't just have spokeskins on their website, they've got more. New products are being added all the time, like the Motul Slacker Digital Sag Scale, and just recently, Galfer Off Road Series Rear Brake Lines, Oversized Rotor Kit, and Front Brake Lines as well. So do what I did. Head to spokeskins.net today, place your order, and get set up turn some heads out there. Spokeskins, we've got you covered. 100% equals everything. When you give everything, you do not save anything for later. Do not relax. Do not take a break to catch a breath. Give everything you've got from start to finish. You leave it all on the track. It is very rare that a logo or saying becomes so strong that Hall of Fame athletes choose to run it without any agents or contracts or business discussed. Question is, how much do you give? If you give 100% on the track, shouldn't your goggles? Whether you choose the Racecraft, the Acuri, the Strata, or the Barstow, 100% Goggles has the right goggle to give you 100% every time you ride. With great accessories like the Forecast film system, endless goggle lenses, 100% Goggles simply can't be beat. You can find it all on www.ride. 100percent.com. That's www.ride100percent.com. Go there and join the 100% family. Racersindex.com is your ultimate race production resource. From the starting line of production to the finish line of winning, Racersindex.com is your go-to resource to be a part of or produce a checkered flag winning event. The professional's place to find work and workers, rides and riders, and more. If you need it to make your race event happen, it's happening at Racersindex.com. If you want to be a part of the racing world, join the Racersindex.com team today. If you need people on your team, you can find them at Racersindex.com. Log on now and find what you need, who you need, and anything needed for two-wheel or four-wheel racing. Log on if you're a mechanic, model, rider, flagger, caterer, sound engineer, team owner, production specialist, or anything related to racing. Find all people, places, and things racing all at racersindex.com. From dirt to the track, from desert to the drag strip, racersindex.com is your ultimate race resource. Click it for your ticket to all things racing. Racersindex.com. Deft Family Gloves. 
Deft means showing cleverness and skill in handling things. What you want to see in football and basketball is some deft handling of the ball. Some people are physically deft, like accomplished athletes. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Sean's still on the line here. We're talking Dirt Bike Magazine. And a guy who uh, spends a lot of time on on two wheels and uh, is familiar with just about every brand under the sun, including Beta. Uh... Uh, Sean, (laughs) you spend a lot of time on two wheels. We've we've established that. But uh, what's it like to throw your leg over uh, one of six different 450s and uh, same thing for the 250s on a regular basis as uh, you you do do – you're an official test rider for Dirt Bike Magazine? I mean, I say all the bikes, the 450s this year are great, you know. they all have certain good things about them and certain bad things. It just depends what you're looking for. Do you want a good turning bike? Do you want a good bike that handles on a straightaway? Do you want one with a lot of power? So I think all the bikes this year are great. It just just depends, you know, what you're looking for, what kind of terrain you're riding. Um, same as for the 250s. Um, do you want a bike that has more bottom? Do you want one that's, you know, all top end? So you want one with good suspension. So that all comes into play when you're buying a bike. Fair enough. So, if you were to if you were to invest money in a brand new 450, where's your dollars going? KTM 450. KTM 450. And uh, as far as uh, like like the when we first get bikes, I remember back in the day, like when we had steel, we needed steel bars. You switch those out. Uh, you have the, the the stock tires on bikes aren't aren't so good. You switch those out. But what's the what's the best investment to make a bike better? Uh, just on just dollar for dollar. You want a good bike that has power and good suspension. That's where all the money is going to go. Um, so that KTM has that electric star. It has a fast engine. And now they put one of the best air forks now on the bikes, or the best air fork that's out there on this KTM 450. So knowing it's it's a it's an air system uh what, what like you you've you've ridden at a high level all the way through the the integration into uh the air suspension uh what are your thoughts on air forks and uh, how could they be made better or do you feel like uh in, in the long run seeing is that that honda has gone away from them that uh, we're gonna eventually see them phased out again i mean i'm personally a spring fork guy um i have the ktm i bought a set of cone valve forks for those um, but this air system is the best air system that's on the market. I'm still though a spring fort guy. I'm a believer of the, the springs. Um, but if you, all the bike only now the Honda has the spring forks and the Yamaha has the spring forks. But, um, I think that everyone's eventually going to go back to it. I think so as well. Uh, I, I unfortunately run the, uh, like I said, uh, the 2016 KX250 or uh, SX KTM SX252 stroke uh, with the uh, 4CS fork. Um, that fork makes me want to pull my hair out, and <laughs> I've been told by my my best the the best. Uh, s- suspension uh, mechanic locally, uh, who's also employed by FXR, uh, that uh, he has he has a, a possible solution for it, but then he still can't guarantee that it'll be any good. Uh, is that a basic kind of like a, a good overview of the 4CS fork? Yeah, so the 4CS fork blows through quite a bit. If you're a faster rider, you're going to complain about it. The best solution yeah, would be, be really to fast, spend. <laughs> the best solution would be buy some cone valve. I know they're mu- they're a lot of money, but it's gonna make your life a lot better. 
I think so. I think we're going to have to, like, I, I, every single time I come off that motorcycle, unless everything was just perfect, I want to unbolt those forks and throw them as far as I can. Uh, but, uh, and like the, the worst part was I went, I drove all the way to Calgary to go get this, this 2016, love it, got it home. Bill's pipes hooks me up with a, with a, a beautiful pipe and silencer for it. Uh, grips, graphics, the whole nine yards. The thing looks amazing. I'm enjoying riding it. And then, uh, uh, dirt bike magazine comes out with a video that they've just uh just ridden the 2017 not like a week after me getting a 2016 and say it's a huge improvement it's a brand new motorcycle any like anyone who bought the 2016 it would be a huge disappointment if they ever get to ride this thing and i was just like crying in my cheerios yep. uh a Oh, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate, but, um, just means that I'm going to have to save up my beans and, uh, and, and get a new one some in short order. Yep. Yep. For sure. <laughs> so, uh, is there any chance down there, like you've got your, your, uh, your Honda 250, which, uh, is an interesting, uh, pick as far as two fifties to, to, to ride on a regular basis. But, uh, if you were to get a brand new, uh, two stroke, where, which way are you going? I would get the. Uh, Yamaha was the best one in 2016. I rode that one. And then I haven't rode the 2017 KTM, which is an all new two stroke. And I heard that one is, is pretty, pretty good right now. So it's between those two. The Honda is outdated. How often, uh, during your professional career or even now, since considering you're both, uh, uh, run around California now and then do people, uh, mistaking you for, uh, uh, Billy Leninovich? Yep. <laughs> yep all the time like every day <laughs> not every day but i mean they're like, oh i've seen you before weren't you in x games and i'm like no that wasn't me <laughs> yeah hey didn't you ride for factory cow if at the in 20 in 09 no yeah nope uh <laughs> yeah i loved you when you're on geico also not me <laughs> <laughs> yep yep i get it i get that all the time so that's funny, man. Uh, have you have you at least are you like do you, do you know uh, uh, Billy at all? Do you guys like yeah. do you guys swap jerseys now and then? No, we haven't swapped jerseys, but I, I see him at the tracks all the time. I say hello. He, he waves back, just a little friendly, you know. Hellos. So uh, you you said you you started uh, SLMX uh, a couple of years ago, and that's evolved since. Uh, how has your approach to to teaching changed? What have you learned about teaching that uh, you you now implement? And uh, uh, what were some of the the struggles of starting a brand new business like that? So the struggles were probably buying buying the bikes. Um, I started off with just one, and then I made more money, got another one, and now I have every one from the little fifties. Up. So that was that was the biggest thing was the the bikes. The training um, was pretty easy for me. I mean, I've got trained my whole life, and for me, that was easy to transition to. Um, some days aren't as great as others, but um, I mean, I I love my job. Uh, I can't complain about it. I'm at the dirt bike track five six days a week, and you know, I enjoy every every minute of it. So uh, if I if I call up uh, SLMX and uh, I I want to learn how to, like to to do some pretty cool things on a motorcycle, including twelve o'clock wheelies, uh, <laughs> would you uh, risk a back fender to to teach me how to do those? Uh, at your own risk. 
Oh, for sure. I, I, like, uh, I'll, I'll sign the waiver, but uh, I, for I myself, can't hold a catwalk for uh, more than, uh, honestly, more than a few feet before I start to feel like it's way too far backwards, although it's probably not even at 9 o'clock yet. Uh, what's, what's the key to doing a, a, a 12 o'clock wheelie or at least somewhere close to that? So finger on the clutch and right foot on the rear brake. You have to have your right foot on that rear brake. That controls everything with with the clutch. So if you get too high, you you know you tap the rear brake with the clutch and then give a little gas to keep it going. Fair enough. Uh, what is uh, what would you say is the uh, your biggest pet peeve with uh, with with riders that you're trying to teach or something that they do like most riders don't do or a bad habit that they have? So my biggest thing is teaching uh, turns. Um, I like to teach the body position and the way you enter a turn, how you have your head forward, have your elbows up. So my my biggest my biggest thing would be working on turns with the riders. Fair enough. And so so like uh, for me, I, I I I'm terrible for keeping my uh, my the the feet on like on the balls of my feet. I'm always right in the middle of the arches. How do you solve that? Just uh, I got it's repetition. You got to keep uh, you know reapplying it every day to the rider and. It took me a year to two years just to ride on my toes. So, you know, I know it doesn't happen in one one session. That's good. like to me. It's it just I I have a hard time wrapping my head around it because I don't feel like I could like shift the motorcycle and hit the brake with my toes back there. You know what I mean? Like I'd have to move it forward to like I'd always like kind of be dancing on the pegs more. And maybe that's maybe that's why I'm not uh, haven't won too many championships. <laughs> I mean, you, you break, you shift, you put your foot back. It's plain and simple. You, you use it, and then you put it back. Oh, fair enough. Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm clearly going to have to to employ your services once I do, in fact, come down to, to California in January, my friend. Uh, wh- how did you get uh, involved with, uh, with Dirt Bike Magazine? So I started my, my buddy Travis. He's the film guy for Motocross Action and dirt bike magazine so i started off with motocross action for a few months and then dirt bike magazine uh, offered me a full-time gig with it so i went with them and that's the only magazine i can do testing for now and it just went from there if you are you're exclusive yeah fair enough so uh, what does the future hold for uh, for Sean? Are you going to continue to race uh, your your California uh, national and uh, and and USGPs if they do come come calling? What what else uh, what else is on the docket? So I just race a lot of like local races. Transworld has a pretty good series, and then I race the ones at Glen Helen, the AMA Nationals, and stuff. And um, I would like to race the Two Stroke National next year. Um, this year I couldn't race it; the bike blew up one week before. And didn't have time to fix it. Last year was my, or the year before was my first year doing it. And I almost podiumed at a fourth. Um, and I just, I didn't even know too much about the event. I just kind of won it, brought the bike and, and went for it. So this year I was a lot more prepared, but things didn't happen the way it was supposed to. But um, yeah, I'm just uh, having fun with it here in California training riders, doing local races. And uh, yeah, just keep doing my same deal. And uh, so, how, how long before uh, Carson Weeb or Carson uh, Solviak or Aaron Weeb twist your arm to ride uh, with a pair of Forma boots on? None yet. They haven't. Uh, they haven't said nothing about that. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I assume that's that's probably coming along. Um, <laughs> obviously, working with uh, with a, 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 a 
magazine like Dirt Bike Magazine, uh, like uh, you you ride like you'll be riding some some off road bikes as well as motocross bikes. Uh, what's uh, what's your experience with with off road, whether it be uh, enduro cross or, or riding in trails and stuff like that? I myself not a, not a whole lot of experience that way. I like to stay on tracks. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of experience until last year when I raced at Glen Helen. They have like a 24-hour race. They have a 12-hour, 10-hour. So that was my first off-road kind of stuff where you go through rocks and stuff. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I do ride different kind of bikes. Um, that dirt bike has a lot of uh, off-road stuff, too. Um, so I rode the Beta before. I rode... Um, they have some trails bikes and they have ones with some lights on it. So those bikes are a lot more mellow on the power and the suspension is a lot softer to go over like logs and rocks and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's just variety. So it's pretty cool to, to ride those bikes too. Right on, man. Well, uh, I really appreciate you giving us some time to uh, to chat your ear off a, a little bit about all things moto. Uh, like, we'll, we'll let you uh, thank anyone uh, that you need to. Otherwise, we'll cut it off right there, man. Okay, I'd like to thank Dirt Bike Magazine, FXR, Bell Helmets, Scott Goggles, Tech One, um, No Toil, CD, Henson, um, Ride Engineering, FMF, Moto C, EVS, Rhino Power, and that'll be it. Fair enough. As you got, you gotta, gotta thank uh, uh, SLMX as well. Those guys are huge supporters of you. Yep, and SLMX School, my company. There you go, man. Well, uh, really appreciate you giving me some time, man. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, cut it off right there. All right. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffe, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. Late afternoon, another day is nearly done. Darker gray is breaking through a lighter one A thousand sharpened elbows in the underground That hollow hurried sound Feet on polished floor And in the dollar store The clerk is closing up Counting loonies trying not to say I hate Winnipeg 
Watch the mirror seven minutes late A crowded rider's restlessness enunciates The guess who sucked the jets were lousy anyway Same route every day And in the turning lane Someone stalled a game He's talking to himself And hears the price of gas repeat his phrase I hate Winnipeg A golden business boy Will watch the north end die And sing I love this town Then let his arcing wrecking ball proclaim